ورثة الأنبياء إن الأنبياء لم يورثوا دينانا ولا درهما وإنما ورثوا العلم فمن أخذ به أخذ حظ وافر أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم Fellow brothers, elders, mothers, sisters and students السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made you and I from amongst the best of his creation by blessing us with knowledge by blessing us with the ability to understand Allah's greatness, this has awarded us the opportunity to become from the best of creation. Allah says, we, indeed, we honored the son of Adam. Allah says, We created the human being in the best of forms. Allah gave a human being that intellect, that intelligence, by which he can focus deep into the heavens, focus deep into the depths of the sea, and understand Allah's might, Allah's, cre- Allah's power. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, given this human being the aql and the intellect to be able to differentiate between right and wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهَدَيْنَهُ najdain." We have guided the human to both paths. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this opportunity for the human to utilize something which the other animals have not been given. Besides eating, drinking, reproducing, and leading their mundane lives, the human beings go beyond that. Instead, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those humans that do not go beyond that, and all they do is they consume, and all they do is they reproduce, and all they do is they fulfill their desires, and they don't think beyond that, Allah azza wa jal says that they are not fulfilling what it takes to be a human. This is not human-like. This is not worthy of being called a human. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, ذَرْهُمْ يَأْكُلُوا وَيَتَمَتَّعُوا وَيُلْهِهِمُ الْأَمْلِ فَسَوْفَ يَعْلَمُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal, another place, He says, إِنْهُمْ إِلَّا كَالْأَنْعَامِ بَلْ هُمْ أَضَلْ Allah Azza wa Jal, another place, says, لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا وَلَهُمْ أَعْيُنٌ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ بِهَا وَلَهُمْ آذَانٌ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ بِهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that those humans that merely consume, eat, drink, and reproduce, they are not acting like humans. Instead, He says, ذَرْهُمْ leave them. O Prophet of Allah, leave them. You've given your effort. You've tried to guide them. They don't listen. Leave them. What are they good at doing? يَأْكُلُوا Let them eat. وَيَتَمَتَّعُوا Let them enjoy life. وَيُلْهِهِمُ الْأَمَلِ And let their long drawn out plans for the future. My home will be like this. My car will be like this. My bank balance will be like this. My kids will do this. My grandkids will do like this. My company one day will become like this. Let their long drawn out plans put them into deception and make them forget the hereafter because that's what they're doing. They're setting themselves up for disaster. Soon they shall come to learn. Soon the time is running out. The clock is ticking and they will realize that they were in a fool's paradise. In another place, Allah says, لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ What's wrong with these humans? They have hearts, لَا يَفْقَهُونَ بِيَا But they don't think, they don't think with these hearts. لَهُمْ أَعْيُونَ They have eyes, they don't look with these eyes. What's, we're not talking about just looking what's around you. We're speaking about looking at Allah's greatness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَهُمْ أَذَانَ They have ears, لَا يَسْمَعُونَ بِيَا They don't hear. We're not talking about listening to each other's speech here. We're not speaking about listening to all sorts of pleasing things to the ears. But instead, listening to the Qur'an listening to the chirping of the birds, listening to the flowing of the river, and focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's greatness beyond, beyond all of this. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ كَلَنْعَام These are actually like livestock. Nay, بَلْهُمْ أَضَلْ They are even more astray, more lost. Meaning, I created them as humans, 
but they are deciding that they don't want to act as humans. They want to make themselves of an inferior class of creation that hasn't been gifted with all of that. A person who's been uh, you know, given a very nice expensive sports car. Imagine he takes that, which is meant to be on a racetrack or meant to be on a nice highway to be driven and enjoy the scenery and the speed and the luxury of that car. Imagine if a person puts that on, the, on, on a, on a non-paved pebble, pe pebble road in the middle of a, a farm area. What a misuse of that machinery. What a misuse of that beautiful automobile. What, 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 what a sad scene to see the tires being ruined and the dust flying all over that car and you know, the pebbles hitting the expensive paint and ruining it and scratching it all. And of course, you can't even speed on in, in those type of roads. That would be the misplaced, what we call ظلم, to put something in a place where it doesn't belong. For a human to eat, consume, marry, and just simply lead his life without thinking about the big picture, is just like that. It is a sad wastage of resources. Sad waste of resources. My elders, my brothers, mothers and sisters and young friends, what is then the potential of this human being? The potential is utilize the God-given gift of your intelligence, of your heart, your mind, your imagination, your senses to seek knowledge. Become a, become a student of knowledge and understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, He mentions in Surah Muhammad, فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Know very well that there's none worthy of worship but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ And seek forgiveness for your sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah, orders people, Orders Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders people to practice on the knowledge even before, rather I should say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders us to gain ilm first and then practice. He says, فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَى Know very well, gain the knowledge that there's none of worthy worship but Allah. That's the first priority, seek knowledge. Number two, وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكْ And then seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why the seeking of knowledge, the basic seeking of knowledge is important before any action. A person cannot perform salah. A person cannot perform wudu unless and until they learn the etiquettes and the rules behind, behind salah and prayer. And that's for anything. Whether it's a funeral, whether it's a distribution of assets after someone's death, whether it's a payment of zakat, whether it is an aqiqah, whether it is a walima, whether it's marriage or divorce, all the jurisprudence related to that issue and affair, a person must seek knowledge about it, must uh, uh, become well versed with it before they move forward. And that is why Imam Bukhari rahimahumullah, in his Sahih, he has an entire chapter where he speaks about uh, seeking of knowledge before practicing. Many times a person says, I don't have time to learn, I just want to do. But that, ju that just ruins it. That just kills it. If a person sits into a machine, on a machine of some sort, and begins to try to operate that machine without learning how it is used, then instead of becoming a source of benefit, most definitely will become a source of harm. Just like the excitement of driving a car, maybe for a young person. But look at the process of learning. Look at the whole process of the permit process, and the process of a license. A couple years go into that. In order to simply drive, this small vehicle around town without crashing into anyone else. It, although it may seem very easy and natural, you see thousands of cars driving by as we speak, but it's an art and a talent a person has to learn. So what about driving this human body throughout life? We're always bumping into each other. 
as spouse, as a parent, as a sibling, as a business partner, as a musalli in a masjid, as a student, as a teacher. We're always interacting with one another. What are the rights that these people have upon me? What is called a good interaction? What's called a bad interaction? I have to learn about that. I can't simply blindly drive my body around everywhere without realizing what, what it entails. And that's why it is so important for us to seek knowledge of every aspect of our life. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentioned certain virtues. Number one, the aspect of the fact that this is the very first thing Allah revealed the ayats of the Qur'an for. Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. First revelation was about reading and seeking knowledge. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about knowledge giving us uh, farsightedness, gives us the light of the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارُ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ That blindness, blindness is not of the eyes. That is a very small problem. SubhanAllah, it's a beautiful, huge blessing to have eyesight. But what we're learning from this ayah is that although blind people are worthy of pity, but the ones who are worthy of much more pity are those whose hearts have become blind. They may have 20-20 vision, perfect vision. But their hearts cannot differentiate between right and wrong, between goodness and evil. And, and he, that's what he says, فَإِنَّا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ The eyes are not that what go blind, وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ Those hearts that are within the chest are that which become blind. So ilm gives us the nur of the heart by which we can differentiate right from wrong. Number three, ilm and knowledge of Allah and the deen will create within us fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment. Allah Azza wa Jal says, regarding those who've been given knowledge, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ Those who've been given knowledge from before, whenever the Qur'anic ayats are recited, they don't stand up in arrogance in front of those verses. Instead, they fall down in prostration, crying in front of Allah. Because that verse of the Qur'an meant something. It touched something. They knew what it meant. For example, I'll tell you, when a person comes out, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, Allah protect, grant all of us health and our family's health. When a physician comes out of the surgery or out of, a, uh, out of the hospital room and tells the family, these are the reports. And he reads out a bunch of numbers. There's kids there who have no idea what's happening. For example, the father of the household, the mother, the elder of the household, maybe someone who's in the medical field, he looks at that report, he hears what the physician says, and you see tears flowing down their cheeks when they realize that their loved one has got a last few weeks, last few days left. Well, the kids are still playing alone. They don't realize what that message means. It is like a person who receives a letter by mail from the bank or from somewhere else. And it says, you know, you've, it's reading a lot of jargon there from lawyers. It's got very bad news related to your job, related to your house. And the kids don't care. They're not worried about it at all. They're just going about their business. It doesn't mean what's in that letter isn't important. It simply means they are heedless and unaware of the gravity of what's in that letter. And you as a father, as a mother, unfortunately, Allah protect us and grant us afiyah. As you read that, your color may be, the color of your face may be changing. And you're so affected by that, while the people around you are not affected. What happens to you? Because you have knowledge of the depth and the contents of that letter. When the ayats of the Qur'an, a hadith of the Prophet, description of the hereafter is, is narrated in front of us, the one who have knowledge, who has knowledge of Allah, it will allow them to take effect. And the ones who may be elderly, maybe have masters, PhDs, MDs, JDs in their works, but they don't have knowledge of deen, it will hit and bounce right back. 
It won't affect their hearts. It won't humble them. It won't make them want to come towards Allah because they don't know what they're dealing with. They don't understand the gravity of these verses. They don't understand the depth of these uh, statements of the Prophet ﷺ. They don't know who they're up against. You don't want to go up against Allah's wrath if He is the best friend to have and most definitely the worst enemy to have. Right, so what happens when a person seeks knowledge? It creates khashiyah and fear within us. Allah Azza wa Jalla says, Only the true scholars of deen, only those who've been endowed and gifted with the knowledge of deen will be the ones who will truly fear Allah the way He ought to be feared. My friends, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to be loved, most definitely. Most definitely Allah is supposed to be loved. We're supposed to have hope, most definitely. But at the same time, we have to also know where the red line is where we don't cross over. Just because someone gives us a finger, we don't want to take the hand. Just because Allah is so kind to me, so kind to you, that He doesn't punish us, us immediately for the sins that you and I may commit, that doesn't mean that we cross the boundaries over and become, as they say, a pushover. Because then they're dealt with very harshly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, who are the ones who truly understand my might, my strength, my power, my wrath and my love? are the scholars. So that is the third benefit that a person will get by seeking knowledge. And number four, the only place and the only thing that Allah has asked in the Quran for you and I to ask Allah for more. When you're given something, you should be appreciative and thankful for whatever you've been given. But there's one aspect of our faith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet, I don't want you to be content with what you have. I want you to keep on begging and asking for more. وَقُلْ Rabbi zidni ilma and O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam say Rabbi O my Lord zidni ilma increase me in knowledge I'm not content I will never be content with what I have I will always be asking you for more so if this is the message to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam imagine the message to you and I we have at the very offset super small teeny amounts of knowledge in Musa in Khadr radiyallahu anhu story you see that they are in a boat as they are traveling, and a bird comes, small sparrow or bird comes, and it sits on the boat, and it, it, it takes a small one teeny drop of the sea into its beak. And Musa then makes a comment, and says, look at the amount of water that's in the beak of this bird, compared to the water that lies in front, in this ocean, in this endless sea. Oh Musa and oh Khadr, Khadr who is a great, great, a, 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 a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed with extreme knowledge that human beings don't have. And Musa, of course, being one of the Ulul Azam, one of the top prophets of Allah. He says, your knowledge, my knowledge, and the knowledge of the entire creation combined together in relation to the knowledge of Allah is less than that of this one drop of water that is in the beak of this bird compared to the endless sea. So there is no limit to how much we have to be struggling and striving to seek knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَقُلْ رَبِّي زِذْنِ عِلْمًا what else beyond that seeking knowledge is regarded as, as one of the amazing struggles or what we call jihads Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Furqan وَلَوْ شِئْنَا لَبَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ قَرْيَةٍ نَذِيرًا فَلَا تُطِعِ الْكَافِرِينَ وَجَاهِدْهُمْ بِهِ جِهَادًا كَبِيرًا Allah in this ayah in Surah Al-Furqan He speaks about, He addresses the Prophet He says, do not obey the disbelievers and struggle with them a great striving. So the scholars of tafsir for example, Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, This is a struggle against the disbelievers and the hypocrites with Qur'an. And he mentions that 
This is one of the greatest struggles. Why? Because struggle with the Qur'an, using Qur'anic knowledge, using prophetic knowledge to profess the message of Islam, to further the message of Islam, and to remove misconceptions. This is not done only against open disbelievers. This is done against hidden hypocrites as well. So the Prophet ﷺ did not pull out the sword, for example, against the hypocrites within Medina. Instead, these hypocrites at times actually uh, work together with the disbelievers to fight against the Prophet ﷺ. But what jihad did Rasulullah ﷺ do with them? Jihad with the Qur'an. Jihad with the tongue. Jihad with the pen, for example, as we say. Using Islamic knowledge to struggle and strive and present the image of Islam properly. And that is what a person gets a mujahid when who comes to seek knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ related in a hadith related by Abu Hurairah anhu mentioned by Ibn Majah, he says, مَنْ جَاءَ مَسْجِدِ هَذَا لَمْ يَأْتِهِ إِلَّا لِخَيْرٍ يَتَعَلَّمُهُ أَوْ يُعَلِّمُهُ فَهُوَ فِي مَنْزِلَةِ الْمُجَاهِدِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Whoever comes to my masjid, the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever comes to my masjid, and the only reason that he comes to my masjid is to seek some goodness, to learn some knowledge, or to teach this knowledge. Meaning, you're coming to the masjid as a, as a student, or you're coming to the masjid as a teacher. The Prophet said, then you are, you are enjoying the status of a, a, as a one who is striving in Allah's path. Simply by walking, driving to the masjid here. Insha'Allah, this reward is not specific to the masjid of the Prophet, but instead, for any masjid that is on the um, method of the Prophet, where people are coming and seeking knowledge of deen, knowledge of the Prophet, knowledge that has been passed down to us by the Prophet ﷺ, the teachers and the students of knowledge will all be regarded as people who are striving in Allah's path. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَمَنْ جَاءَهُ ذلك. And whoever comes to the masjid for any other purpose. What was the first purpose? Seeking knowledge or teaching knowledge? And he said, whoever comes for any other purpose, He is like the one who comes, and he's just, he's just looking at other people's goods. Like the person, you have, your person is the one who drives up in a nice car. And he goes to a parking lot, it was a car show. And there's another person who drives up on a bicycle, and just looks at what other cars people own. SubhanAllah, what a powerful example the Prophet gave. That a person who's seeking knowledge or teaching knowledge, his example is the one of a mujahid fi sabirullah. And the one who's, who's dead, whose purpose of coming to the house of Allah is not to learn. Like right now, you're sitting in this khutbah. My purpose should be, your purpose should be, I came here to learn. I came here to learn. I didn't come here to just in and out two, two rakats and out. Instead, I came here to learn something so I can get closer to my Lord. So that I can learn how to embody the teachings of my Prophet ﷺ. So inshallah, you will all be, inshallah, today and hopefully every Friday as well, be regarded as mujahideen fi sabirillah, those who struggle in the path of Allah. But the one who is blank with his intentions, his goal of coming to the masjid is not to seek knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ saying, he's like the one who comes about just looking at other people's goods. The Prophet ﷺ, number six, if you want to speak about the virtues of that, the Prophet ﷺ spoke about the importance of competition. Competition when seeking knowledge. He said, لا حسد إلا فثنتين. Their jealousy and uh, 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 you know, competition or ghibta, uh, envy, envy is not permissible except with regards to two people. And one of them is, رجل آتاه الله الحكمة فهو يقضي بها ويعلمها. 
A person who's been granted wisdom by Allah and he decides the affairs of the people using that wisdom and he spreads and teaches that wisdom to people, meaning knowledge of deen. You see a wise person, you see a knowledgeable sister, a knowledgeable brother who uses the knowledge that Allah has given them and the knowledge that they sought out to help people, to serve people. You and I should look at that person and say, I wish I could be like that. I wish I can also have the same. I wish my children become like that. The Prophet is saying that is the only true, two only accepted reasons to envy someone. One of them is the one that Allah gave knowledge and uses that knowledge to spread goodness. And another one, رَجُلٌ أَتَاهُ اللَّهُ مَالًا فَسَلَّطَهُ عَلَى هَلَكَةِ فِي الْحَقِّ A second person is who Allah has blessed him with wealth. And he uses that wealth and Allah in, ensures that this person uses that wealth to spend in the right path. The Prophet ﷺ, the seventh virtue, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned regarding knowledge. He said, related by Abdullah ibn Abbas, مَن يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُفَقِّهُ الدِّينِ يُفَقِّهُ فِي الدِّينِ Whenever Allah intends to be kind with a person, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends to be nice with a person, He grants him the ability to gain a deeper understanding of the faith. If you, how do you know Allah loves you? How do you know Allah? You know, say Allah is very kind with me. Well, let me ask myself, what understanding of Allah do I have? What understanding of my faith do I have? If I am been blessed with an opportunity to spend a few hours a week reading through the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, if I am blessed with being able to try to work and understanding the meaning of the Quran, if I am blessed with being able to read on the Islamic history and the great rise as well as fall of various dynasties in the past and take lessons from that, if I am blessed to focus on learning on what breaks a marriage and what makes a marriage in the teachings of Islam, then I know very well that inshallah I've been chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah is willing, wishing and hope, or I should say Allah is, uh, Allah is, has got a good plan for me. So when a person is bestowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to seek knowledge, that is a very amazing sign from Allah. The Prophet sallallahu said in, in yet another hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَوْحَى إِلَيَّ Allah has revealed to me a revelation. أَنَّهُ مَنْ سَلَكَ مَسْلَكًا فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ سَهَلْتُ لَهُ طَرِيقَ الْجَنَّةِ That whoever seeks a, a path to seek knowledge, whether it is one weekend, one month, one year, five years, ten years, whoever seeks, whoever starts treading the path to seek knowledge of the deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I shall pave the path for paradise. Whoever begins to tread the path towards seeking knowledge, I shall pave the path towards knowledge. And the Prophet mentioned in the hadith that I narrated to you at the very beginning, that uh, the scholars and those who have been blessed with knowledge are the heirs of the prophets. And the prophets definitely did not leave behind gold and silver coins. Instead, they left behind prophetic, prophetic knowledge. So whosoever has been blessed with the ability to gain that prophetic knowledge has indeed been blessed with a huge bounty. My friends, my brothers and sisters, my mothers, my elders, my students, this is what differentiates between us and all other creations of Allah. This is what differentiates us and people of, who have not been blessed with Iman and Islam. It is the desire, the burning desire to learn. The burning desire to know our deen. The burning desire to know what happens after I die. What happens in the grave. What happens tomorrow on the day of judgment. We can lead a, another year of heedlessness. We can lead another life, another year, and it will go as quickly, even quicker than the past. 
we'll back to, back to where we were. Our beards will have grown a little bit more white. Our bones will be getting a little bit you know, weaker. And our y- youngsters will have grown a little taller. But subhanAllah, we may remain as clueless about our faith as we were before. And there are millions and millions of people who are leading their lives completely heedless, clueless. Absolutely no idea where they came from and where they're headed. And unfortunately, that's how the ending comes. You and I have an opportunity to change that. We're listening to this talk. This is a reminder for myself and all of us. We don't have to dig a pit for ourselves. We don't have to ruin our lives. Allah has given us the power to take control. We can decide that, yes, I would like to become a student of knowledge. And I would like to learn about my deen. My friends, all of you sitting here, fathers and mothers, every one of you has got a bachelor's or a master's degree. And your sons and daughters are probably going beyond that. How, sh- how shameful it is if we cannot even pinpoint in our past 40, 50 years of our life where we spent a dedicated one month, not 18 years, not 22 years, not 24 years, and not constant seminars that we must attend to keep our license. But instead, just a one month or two months or a weekend where I sat down with a teacher and studied the deen. Started learning the Qur'an. Started learning, memorizing du'as of the Prophet ﷺ. Learning how to recite Qur'an properly. Learning the meaning of the Qur'an. My brothers and sisters, it, the yearning, the call has to come from within us. It has to be a war against ignorance. From within us to say, I refuse to lead a life as an ignorant Muslim. I refuse to lead a life not knowing anything about my faith. Because this is definitely the most despicable and most depressing thing not to be aware. You go outside when everyone's driving. You go outside when everyone's doing something. And you sit there and everyone's having a good time. Kids, you know what I'm talking about. You go to a gym, everyone's making bass hoops and everyone's playing. And you're on the sideline not even knowing how how to dribble. That is a horrible feeling. Imagine everyone's leading the path, paving the path towards Jannah. And I'm sitting there on a sideline, not even know how to recite Surah Fatiha properly. Or not knowing what the meaning of Surah Fatiha is. Or not knowing the beautiful teachings of Surah Fatiha is. Or not knowing the names of the wives of my Prophet ﷺ. Not knowing the difficulties and the enjoyments that the Prophet ﷺ went through. That is a very painful feeling. That is a very hurtful feeling. That on what basis am I going to align myself with, with the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment when I don't know anything about him? On what basis am I going to be able to stand in front of Allah tomorrow and answer questions when he will speak to me and without any translator in between when I don't know much about him? We can stand up and say enough of that. Enough of that. Let us use this new year opportunity to make a resolution. that This year inshaAllah will become a year where I begin my, my path towards Allah, my path towards seeking the knowledge of deen. At any level, all of us who are working, our students, mashallah, university and college students, you have so many opportunities in the city of Chicago. You have weekend seminars, you have weeknight programs, you have weekend uh, sem- uh, you know, semesters. So many are provided within the community. Just here at Masjid Darul Salam, we have, alhamdulillah, for the past three and th- over three years, the weekend tafim program. Actually, four years now. Four years. This is going to start the fifth year. That we have, mashallah, started the, and continue to offer weekend classes, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings for working professionals and young adults, college students, high school students. A very nice 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. program on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. You have a spring semester. You have a fall semester. 16 classes per semester. 
You, three weeks you come, one week you're off for three hours in the house of Allah with other young and elderly, brothers and sisters. You get a chance to ask questions to the teacher. You get a chance to learn relevant questions. Get your answer, learn relevant answers to, your, to questions that are bothering you. My brothers and sisters, we are at the banks of the river. Let us not go home thirsty. There is no reason for that. This institution, alhamdulillah, is providing knowledge to people from across the country. We have so many out-of-state students coming here and studying and filling up their buckets and going back home. As locals here, it would be a very, very, very sad thing that our life goes by, our children grow up, and we remain deprived of the knowledge and the inheritance of the Prophet that is being distributed at this masjid through the academy over here. We invite all of you, inshallah ta'ala, to benefit from those courses, from those classes starting tomorrow. Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, there's flyers outside. You can register on the kiosks. There's, you know, there's everywhere. We send out emails. We send out text messages. Let this not fall on deaf ears. Let us say, inshallah, let me start somewhere. You don't have to take all classes. You don't have to do every weekend. Take small steps, but ensure that you're consistent. There's many of you I see sitting here, used to take classes three years ago, and then you fall off the grid. Come back on, it happens. You fall, stand up again, and say, inshallah ta'ala, let me make that. Because my brothers coming and performing Jummah is not gonna help us face the challenges outside. There are very strong challenges that all of you in corporate America and in universities are being bombarded with questions, objections, whisperings of shaitan. What's gonna help you combat that? Knowledge. Without knowledge, we're gonna be extremely vulnerable to these attacks and we are feeling we are seeing people falling off the grid completely because of them not being attached to the masjid and most importantly not having the knowledge required to answer those questions i pray to almighty allah that he makes myself my progeny yourself your progeny your spouses my spouse and the entire ummah and those who are listening here in person or live stream afterwards may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all true students of knowledge say ameen May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to seek knowledge, as they say, from the cradle to the grave. May He make us from amongst those who have the proper etiquette of seeking knowledge. May He grant us the, the firasa and the farsightedness that comes through knowledge. May He grant us the nur of knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who one day, very soon, will be able to understand what we recite in the Qur'an. May He make us from amongst those who will understand His power, His greatness. May He make us from amongst those who know in and out the life of the seerah of the Prophet and truly love Him the way He ought to be loved. Subhanallah wa bihamdi subhanakallahu mihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Inshallah, please come forward, fill up the rows and perform the sunnah salah.